Extremely hard to get to this spot. You do not take it for granted. This is a hard place to get to this division round and to move forward. And I feel more for the players and the coaches because that we put everything we had into it and we just we didn't get it done. Satisfied with the effort? We just got smashed. Like, what are we talking about here, guys? Kelsey, every time I stand up here, I feel like he breaks another record. So he broke some record, and then he also had 98 yards and two TDs and did a great job there. It's all dog around his mug. We talked about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. Windows my whole career. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. All right, I got a couple of questions for you. Is the Cincinnati Bengals using the neutral site, hey, they're already selling tickets for Bills, Chiefs in in Atlanta, is that the worst chip on the shoulder we've heard of? For the Bengals? Yeah, like the Bengals say, the Bengals were out here like, oh, I can't remember which player it was. One of the Bengals said it's disrespectful for them to already be selling tickets to the uh, Atlanta, potential Atlanta AFC championship game. Well, he doesn't know much about the NFL then because it's all about money. Well, even regardless of that, you have to sell tickets, start selling tickets before the game is actually played. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't. I mean, especially if it's a, well, it's a neutral site. You get, you get, you get people from both sides, but, you know, people have to make travel plans as well. Yeah. I mean, they're going to Atlanta. You have to make travel plans. You have to make sure you have tickets. You have to buy your tickets. So, you know, it's cool Joe Burrow saying that, but I mean, Mr. Cool. But, uh, yeah, I think you have to start selling tickets when you know where the game's going to be. They would have done the same thing in Vegas. Yeah, I just I just think it's funny that, I don't know, did somebody do it in the locker room? Was somebody like, look at this, I'm on Ticketmaster. You can already buy tickets to Bill's Chiefs in Atlanta. And it's like, look how disrespectful. It's like, eh, no, that's just, that's just how things work. Um, also, I'm going to read you a tweet. And I'm gonna, I, I want you guys to guess. Maybe you've already seen this tweet this morning. But I want you to guys to guess who tweeted this tweet. Here's the tweet. Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in the narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. I, I mean, Magic Johnson? <laughs> it's a good guess, actually. <laughs> I enjoy that guess. That was tweeted by the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Wow. By the team? Yeah, it was the, the team, team official the Twitter. The team tweeted out, Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in a narrow loss in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. It's going to be like that former uh, VGK uh, video or uh, internet person, <laughs> the, uh, twi- the Twitter account. They had, to, they had to let that guy go. Except that I think this one might have just been Jerry after uh, – after the game drinking <laughs> was that a Sarah? was that just a regular tweet or did that have an article attached to it so so it's linked to a story on the cowboys website from their like self-employed staff right like they have a writer who covers the team it's so it's their team employed writer and he you know he he wrote about the cowboys being eliminated dak prescott throwing his interceptions the quotes from dak but you just see the tweet and it's like oh that's something that you know 
the Dallas Morning News used to promote theirs. Nope, that's from the official <laughs> the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys News. Twitter account. Yeah, <laughs> like, can you imagine the Golden Knights Twitter account sending out, like, Jack Eichel pointless again as the Golden Knights drop <laughs> their fourth of five? Jack Eichel continues to be a passenger. Right. He's not driving which, the bus. Uh, there's no way they tweet that out, but the Cowboys are just like, yep. Here we go. Here's they, our official Twitter account. Dak they, blew it. They also put out an article with the the caption on Twitter saying the 49ers had more weapons than the Cowboys going into the game and with the loss of Tony Pollard, definitely had more ammunition in the second half. Is this the team? This is the team. <laughs> Who's about to Twitter. get fired? I don't think anyone's getting fired. I think this is coming from Jerry. <laughs> I think Jared's right. This is Jerry Jones. Jerry's like, on Twitter hell? doing this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's the admin now tweeting these out. And the um, uh, the headline for the article is uh, just couldn't match 49ers playmakers. That's right. That's, didn't, didn't who wrote the article? Skill? Them? Uh, yes. Nick, Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com staff writer, senior manager, I digital mean, media. It was, we're it was Mike a McCarthy. Hard, we're giving a McCarthy hard time. <laughs> but in, in another way, we always give a hard time kind of the homerism of these guys. I might like these guys better. Right, right. It's I mean, good. It's like, oh, they're actually, the Cowboys suck. Views. The Boy, Cowboys I tell you what. suck. Read more about it at DallasCowboys.com. That town is so rabid for that team. I mean, maybe it spills over into the uh, guy on the website as well. <laughs> so he just starts writing negative stuff because they lost the game. All right, here's another tweet. Uh, this is from Mike Tannenbaum. This morning, he tweeted, of all the headlines this week, this one may be the most remarkable. Patrick Mahomes, who came into the league in 2017, has never played a road playoff game. Okay. That's pretty amazing. Like, technically, That's pretty amazing. Technically, he did play the Bucks in Tampa for the Super Bowl, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But that's a neutral site game. That game could have been anywhere. Yeah. So... It's okay. Regardless of how many uh, Super Bowls Mahomes has already won, which is one, regardless of how many great plays he's made, the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs have every single year been in a position where, oh, yeah, we're just going to keep hosting all the games until they make us go to a new city or we lose. Like, it's it's kind of incredible that they're always in a position where, yeah, you got to come beat us in Kansas City if you want to go to the Super Bowl. That That's an unbelievable accomplishment. No, from 2017? Yeah. Not a lot of teams even make it every year. We know which right. one. Yeah, yeah. Make it like yeah. once in yeah, Once in 22 yeah. years. Um, so, yeah, that is incredible. I did also want to read uh, one of the best replies. Not as impressive, but Zach Wilson has yet to play a road playoff game either. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Golf clap. <laughs> Golf clap for that. Uh... Okay. Do you guys think Rob Gronkowski's playing next year? No. I, know, I saw him on TV yeah. yesterday. Maybe he'll fall in love with that. Maybe he'll fall in love with being like a uh, an analyst. Uh, had yeah. the uh, the sharp suit on with the with the with the tennis shoes. Nice look. I like that look. Uh, no, I don't think he's playing. I, I'm with Jared on that. I, I think he's just it's just Gronk being Gronk, saying a bunch of nonsense. But I don't think he's going to come back and play. So according to uh, Rick Stroud, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, not for TampaBayBuccaneers.com, but for the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, Gronkowski called the Buccaneers around Thanksgiving and said he was bored and wanted to play. <laughs> and and that Gronk is considering 
returning for next season. But you guys don't think he's coming back yeah. at all. You think this is just Gronkowski? Would he really come back without Brady? Well, that's that. I think is the point here. Not he's to waiting Tampa to see Bay. what Brady does. Right. Like if it, and also if Tom Brady ended up as a Raider, would Rob Gronkowski be following him behind? Would Gronk be? That'd a be like, great. Like I, I think in all seriousness, if if Brady went to a city that Gronkowski wanted to go to, oh, he might follow. Well. You know he'd be following here. We know right. he loves to come to Vegas. I mean, would he even be a right. pra- would he ever be a practice? That's a good that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. It might you might not actually be on the team. <laughs> I mean, just be here. Genuinely during the COVID season, didn't he say that he filmed all his workouts in one day in different yes. shirts yeah. and yes. sent them he in? Did. Yeah, five workouts in one day. Which we gave him credit for, or at least I did, because that's a lot of, that's some thinking. That's a smart move by Rob Gronkowski. So, like, here's the thing. If Brady were to be like, all right, the Carolina Panthers want me. I'm going. We're, we're playing in North Carolina. Gronk is like, all right, I'll stay retired. But if he's like, all right, I'm going to the Raiders. We're going to Vegas. Gronk is coming. He's. I don't know if he's going to play any games, but he's going to get a contract, and he's here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the t- two people running the show? Gronk's here. Gronk's, so Gronk's Raiders get here. Brady, they get Gronk. I don't know if Gronk's any good. He didn't play uh, You still want year. him to come, though. I mean... I want him to come because yes. it's Rob Gronkowski. Right. I don't care. They could just hire the guy to do the press conferences. Just <laughs> no more McDaniels. It's just Gronk. Gronk, how'd you guys lose all these <laughs> leads at halftime? I don't know, guys. I, I was know. at the club at the field level. I I've, I thought I, we won the game. We lost. I didn't even see the I've got to get to the cabana. Yeah, it'd be phenomenal. So I'm all on board. For Rob Gronkowski coming here, I, that's all that matters. Give, give us Gronk. But you guys might be right. He might just be like, ah, you guys put me on TV and pay me? I can do this. I can, right? I can honestly see him becoming like a tertiary character on a sitcom more so than I can see him coming, <laughs> coming back. back and playing. Yeah, just like becoming the Kramer of a like sitcom <laughs> on CBS. I think... I want Gronkowski on like a Nickelodeon or Disney Channel sitcom. Ooh, yeah, because he is kind of like a giant golden retriever. <laughs> right. <laughs> he might be perfect for that. And by the way, do you guys think Rob Gronkowski knows what the uh what is it? The USAA insurance commercials he does where he's always like, "Oh, I wish I could have that." And they're like, "Well, you didn't serve." Does he have any idea what he's asking for in those commercials? Yes, I think by yeah. n- by now he had to have figured that one out. Yes. I would think. Who? Yes, yes, yeah. Who? I, I think that. Who was it at USAA that was like, "All right, we're going to start an ad campaign," and the perfect man for us, who provides insurance to military members and their families, is we need Rob Gronkowski to sell this. Well, I think that it's a better marketing like strategy of. Oh man, you can't have it. Only the people that serve can have it is a better one than the ones that they did, which were just like when I got in when my daughter got into a car crash. <laughs> they were there for me. I'm also a master sergeant. Actually, I think you're right on the marketing regardless of what their previous ones were. The just the whole idea of hey, you can have something that normal people can't have, even if it sucks, people are going to want it. Right, and the fact that you have a goofy guy going, oh, man, I can't have it. <laughs> I think that's a great it's a great idea. It's a great marketing strategy. Just, yep, Gronk can't have it. My neighbor can't have it. You're damn right I'm going to get it. 
might be worse than my current insurance, but I'm going to get it. It's going to be great. All right. Coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, we'll jump into some drama around the Las Vegas Aces in Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. I never realized baseball had so much butt touching. Bischoff's Briefs. That's how they communicate. Bischoff's Briefs. It's like Braille, but with butts. Bischoff's Briefs. Read my butt! Bischoff's Briefs today is taking a look at the Las Vegas Aces because they had quite a drama-filled weekend despite it being January and the season being months away. So first off, the Las Vegas Aces traded De'Erica Hamby to the L.A. Sparks. They also attached a first-round pick to send with uh, Hamby to the Sparks. They got in return Amanda Zowie B and a 2024 second-round pick. Um, to break this down simply from a trade standpoint, I don't exactly know what the Aces are doing here. Um, De'Erica Hamby is better than Zowie B. Also, Zowie B did not play in the WNBA. Last season, she played in Europe, and the LA Sparks actually suspended her so her contract wouldn't count uh, because she wasn't going to be back for enough games or what they deemed to be enough games. If she does come over, she's a center that shoots threes. It's a fun skill set there. Um, we'll see if she ever comes over, but for now, I think the assumption is she didn't. So the Aces gave up a good player and a first-round pick for a player that might not play for them. Seems kind of dumb. CBS Sports, though, wrote about this story, and they speculated that it could be a way for the Aces simply to clear cap space so they can go out and sign a big-name free agent. Brianna Stewart's a free agent. That would be fun. Um, it was reported by Annie Costabile that Candace Parker uh, is going to meet with the Aces. Candace Parker's a free agent. She's 36 years old, played for the Chicago Sky last year. So maybe they're chasing Candace Parker or it ends up being a different free agent and trading away Hamby for a player that might not play for the Aces was a way to clear up some cap space and give them the opportunity to go add a high-priced or a max free agent. We'll see if it ends up being Candace Parker. I would say Candace Parker at 36 averaged 13-8 and eight last year for Chicago. I don't know if that's necessarily like the must-have piece to spend a max contract on, but we'll see. So that's the trade side of it. There's some weird question marks to that, but it could end up making sense. Also, other side note, the Aces do not care about first-round picks at all. They traded their two picks in 2023 for picks in 2022 and then cut both players, and now they've traded away their 2024 first-round pick. Completely irrelevant to this franchise, those first-round picks. But... The drama isn't just, hey, the Aces traded away a player. The drama is that De'Erica Hamby, after being traded away, has accused the Aces of mistreating her. Um, the WNBA PA put out a statement saying, a member of our union has raised serious concerns regarding the conduct of members of the Las Vegas Aces management. We will review this matter and we will seek a comprehensive investigation. So the Players Association appears to be on the way to investigating the Aces. Dierica Hamby put out a statement herself, and it was there was a lot there. Not going to read the whole thing, but I'll read different parts of it. She said, being traded is a part of the business. Being lied to, 
bullied, manipulated, and discriminated against is not. I have had my character and work ethic attacked. I was promised things to entice me to sign my contract extension that were not followed through on. Important context here for De'Erica Hamby. Uh, she is currently pregnant. De'Erica Hamby announced at their parade after winning the title that she was pregnant. Hamby has said she expects to, or she's going to give birth in March, and she expects to be back in time for the season, or at least shortly after the season starts. So De'Erica Hamby is saying, hey, I'll be back ready to go very quickly at the beginning of the season. Hamby's statement also said, I was accused of signing my extension knowingly pregnant. I was asked if I planned my pregnancy. When I responded no, I was then told that I was not taking precautions to not get pregnant and I was being traded because I won't be ready and we need bodies. Yeah. Oh, hi, Ed. So yeah. there's, there's a lot... <laughs> In these in this Dierica Hamby trade. So I guess the question I have is what did the Aces exactly do? Like she Dierica Hamby has, hey, they said this to me, which is if they said those things to her, that's not nice, right? Those are mean things to say. But I don't believe like I, I can't imagine there's going to be um some sort of punishment for the Aces simply because they traded a pregnant player. I don't think there's going to be punishment for that. Um, and we could definitely get into, and the WNBA is going to launch an investigation. I think the Player Association launched an investigation into this. It could come down to, as you know as well as I do, he, sh you know, the one party says this, the other party says that. Where are you going to prove what's in the middle in terms of who said what? Uh, I want the Aces to make a statement here. I want them to make a statement. Where are they? And and maybe maybe it happens soon, but where are they to say, to say what happened here? These are pretty damning statements from her, and uh, it's time they stepped up and said something as well. Whether what it's, would their statement say? Uh, maybe it's as as simple as we're going to um, cooperate with the investigation. But when you have a really, really popular player like this, and she was as popular, you know, maybe as anyone and you know, maybe not as Asia or something like that, but she's a very popular player here, um, that they signed to an extension, come out and say these things. Um, I think you're a team that, you know, has, you know, has pretty much done everything right in this city so far, and the city has fallen in love with them. And this is the first time you really see some adversity in terms of how you're going to respond to this. And I'd like them to say something. And again, maybe they do soon, but they need they need to step up here. And it's just my opinion. It's my opinion that uh, the one thing we saw in uh, Andy's story, Sam and Andy wrote it for the Review Journal, is they had no statement. Uh, I just think that's wrong. It's my personal opinion. So my main question, though, is what did the Aces do wrong? Because if if the Players Association, if there's an investigation, and they find that uh, the Aces told Dierica Hamby. Uh, hey, we need bodies, and you getting pregnant doesn't help us. And then traded her to the Sparks. I, they, they're not going to get in trouble for that. They, it, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, we need bodies, and you got pregnant, and then we traded you to the Sparks. It's, a, it's not like they cut her. It's not like they got rid of her from the WNBA because she's pregnant. Another team wanted her, and they traded her to another team. I just like 
Is it the right way to talk to somebody? No, of course not. The way, if, if everything De'Erica Hamby said the ace has actually said to her, they're, they're not treating their employees properly. But they're not going to get in trouble for saying, hey, why'd you get pregnant and then trading her? Like, that, that's not, that's not going to be against the rules. So I, I'm, just, I'm just very curious as to what exactly the aces would get in trouble for. Like, mistreating somebody's not good, and maybe other teams, other players look at it and say, whoa, what's going on there? I don't want to play for that organization. But from an actual punishment standpoint, I still don't quite know what they did that would constitute breaking the laws or breaking a contract. Uh, and you're probably right in that sense in terms of not getting in trouble for going ahead and um, uh, trading her. I just, again, it's one of those things where if lied, bullied, manipulated, that those are pretty damning charges. And maybe it's just a personal opinion that they should they should answer to that. Not in, not answer in a way that they think, like you said, Tyler, they're going to get fined or in trouble for what they did in terms of trading her. Um, I, I just think silence in this matter, given how popular a player she was and how much she meant to the organization, is wrong. Again, they might stick with it and be fine. Like you said, the investigation, I don't know what the investigation is going to tell. Maybe it's maybe the investigation comes out that they're bad people. <laughs> I don't know what the investigation is going to come right. out with. Yeah, I mean, which, it, it, which is which if what she's saying could be exactly true. Right, right. I mean, listen— Lied to, bullied, manipulated, and discriminated against. Those are sort of the big things there that, okay, how did they lie to her? How did they bully her? How did they manipulate her? How did they discriminate against her? If the answer to that is they said, hey, we don't want you to be pregnant. We want to win basketball games. And then, hey, we traded you to another WNBA team. I don't think there's a big of an issue there. I mean, again, are you mistreating her? Sure, but it's not a big issue. Now, if there's more to that, if De'Erica Hamby saying, uh, they did more than what's just in her statement about being lied to or being manipulated, then absolutely. But as of what we know, as of what's been said, it just seems like the aces kind of are asses, like at the end of the day. Like that's what, but which is not good, but also it happens and you're not going to get in trouble with an investigation for just being a bad person. Kind of par for the course for Vegas sports teams. It happens. Yeah. You know, she needs to, she should have talked to Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson would be like, yeah, you're gone soon. Well, she wouldn't have done that because she would have deleted her Twitter. Oh, that's true. And then we wouldn't have gotten the statement. We wouldn't have gotten the statement. We wouldn't have gotten any of this. So I just, I want to know what what it is. Like what it is besides being traded and being told, hey, we don't want you to be pregnant. Or, hey, you should have, you know, taken precautions to not get pregnant. Right? Because if if it's just that. I guess I feel a little bad for De'Erica Hamby for being treated that way for a team that she called home for eight years, but I also don't think anything comes of it in terms of punishment for the Aces. If there's more than that, then I we, we need to hear what that is so that we can properly assess it. And like you said, the Aces need to address it. And like, hey, what the hell happened? I am The other part that I'm curious, though, not only was she popular with the fans, she was popular with her teammates. If there actually was a lot here that's problematic – how does Asia Wilson, how does Kelsey Plum, how does Chelsea Gray, how did Jackie Young, like how, how did they respond to this? Mm-hmm. Like that's, good that's question. I'm curious. It's a really good I'm question. curious how they feel. Like they might look at it and say, you know, oh, De'Erica Hamby, she, you know, didn't get treated that well, but she's, you know, over-exaggerating or whatever. Or maybe they look at it and say, they really screwed De'Erica Hamby. Are we next? And like how yeah. bad, you know, what needs to change with our own organization? I'm curious what her teammates think of. It's one of the best and, points made already. I mean, you're yeah. right. And especially 
just people who've been so outspoken and, and adopted by this city and, and the parade and the championship. And to this point, everything's been kind of, you know, roses for good reason. I think, you know, they've, yeah. th- they've done a good job with this. And, t- and this is really the first sign of, I don't know if adversity is the right word, but first sign of controversy that we've really had with this team. And you make a great point. I'd love to know what they have to say as well. And if yeah. they're silent as well, again, maybe that speaks volumes. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I think there's a lot more that uh, comes out of this, a lot more. The, the good thing about the WNBA is their players are pretty outspoken. So yes. I think we actually will hear from whether it's Hamby or teammates or whatever, we'll actually hear what happened at some point in the near future to uh, get a better judgment on what exactly went down between Diarca Hamby and the Las Vegas Aces. But coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Mike Gramala joins the show. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Joining us now from the Las Vegas Sun is Mike Gramala. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. What's up? What's up? All right, uh, give you an open-ended question here. UNLV starts 10-0. and They have now lost uh, seven of their last nine. What happened to this team? I think they there's a bunch of things going on. Um, the biggest one is probably that they just got figured out. You know, they, they, played that, they played that defensive style. They were able to overwhelm non-conference opponents with it. But now that they're into conference play, they're getting advanced scouted a little bit more. The teams are a little bit better. They're more capable. Double teaming the posts and, you know, stuff like that, the simple stuff that was confusing and confounding other teams into 20 turnovers, not having the same impact. The teams they're playing now are ready for it. They know where the, the pressure is coming from. They can make that pass out of it. And then the second pass is a wide-open three-pointer or a wide-open driving lane, and that's pretty much the end of it. They, they just can't get stops anymore. Uh you talked to Kevin Kruger afterwards. We saw the uh, video about um, making changes. Can they make major changes? Like when you heard that, like that, what, what's the first thing you thought? It was like, well, we might have to make some changes. Like what's the first thing you said? Oh, he's talking about this. That I, I'm not sure from an X's and O's standpoint, what would be the, the fix. Um, it's also tough because they've built their, they're so invested in this as their team identity that, you know, two-thirds of the way through the, the season, can you just, like, how, how much can you really change up? That's why I don't expect, like, people who are responding to that tweet and saying, oh, they're going to go to a zone or they're going to do this. Like, it's, I don't think it's going to be anything drastic. It might be like, hey, let's start shading guys towards this area of the floor. It's going to be, like, something. It's going to be subtle. It's going to be a tweak more than a change, I think, despite what Kevin Kruger said. So I don't expect anything ma- massive. But we've already seen him start to tinker. You know, he's tinkering with the the starting center. They've got Parquet back. Um, They started playing Keyshawn Hall a little bit more. So he's already, like, it's not like he's asleep at the wheel and he doesn't realize what's happening to his team. He realizes it's not working anymore, and he's trying some things. I'm just not sure how much can be done and how drastic it's going to be. What do you make of the center position? I know you tweeted out some numbers that said Milwaukee, or they were better with Milwaukee on the floor than with Iwako. Uh, what do you make of the center position, especially after Keyshawn Hall got to play 25 minutes there last game? It, Yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me. I don't understand um, the handling of it. But on the other hand, I think I, I know what he's trying. I think I know what he's trying to do, which is for two years, if you've you know read between the lines, or even Kevin Kruger explicitly says it, 
they're trying to light a fire under David Mwaka. They think he's a gentle giant. They want him to be aggressive and just, like, play meaner. And you know what I mean? They want a big guy who's going to scrap and push and shove and, like, just be aggressive down there. And that's not really Milwaukee's game, you know? But um, so, but the numbers, so that's an intangible thing where the coaches watch him and they're like, oh, he's just not as intense as we want him to be as the rest of the team, as the rest of his teammates. But the numbers are just clearly one-sided. They are much, much better when Milwaukee's playing center over Victory Walker. And Walker is that kind of guy. He plays really hard. Um, he, he gives you that intensity. He also follows three-point shooters because he's so intense and he's flying out at them. He plays out of control. Teams score more than a point per possession, uh, you know, pretty much when he's on the floor all the time. He plays harder, which you want to see. But the num- So it's like Kruger's caught between two worlds. Like He wants to send a message, I guess, to Walker and the rest of the team about how he wants them to play. But he's also sacrificing some on-court effectiveness to do it. So I don't know... You know, that I just don't get. I guess it's a, it's a tough decision, but for me, I would just play Walker and try to win the games. Uh, look forward now, because we thought the easy part of the schedule began with Fresno State. That didn't work out very well. Uh, Wyoming tomorrow night, they do have a stretch here of winnable games before they kind of get back into some difficult ones. Uh, one and six, how, how, how much can they uh, climb? Like, how good could this team be? Give us a, give us a record that would be reasonable. A record, I mean, if you get back to 500 in the Mountain West by the end of the year, that's an absolute miracle. And, you know, you would take that probably right now. <laughs> the, the thing is, I don't really, like I was talking to someone before the, the Fresno State game, and they were going over, oh, you know, they, they, could, they should have won that Colorado State game. That was a, a, one in a once-in-a-lifetime loss. And then, you know, uh, San Jose State was overtime and, you know, Issue. So it's like they could have been three and three or four, four and two. And my thinking was, I don't really see a difference between three and three and one and six for this team. Like in terms of the goal, which is the NCAA tournament. Once you lost those first three games in conference, like you can tell, like this is not going to be an at-large team. There's no chance. So now it's like, yes, you want to win these games. Yes, you've got to turn momentum because the players are dragging. You can see it's weighing on them. Um, they're losing a little bit of their spirit. They're not playing as hard as they were earlier in the year when everything was going great. But the goal has changed. The goal is now is to get the team playing as well as they can and figure out some of these rotation issues by the time the Mountain West tournament comes around. We've said the same thing for the last 10 years. Like the at-large ship has sailed. It doesn't matter if if they win another regular season game. The the point is you've just got to be playing your best uh, when the Mountain West comes around and hope you can win those four games. Big picture for Kevin Kruger. His... uh off-season plan when he built the roster was to build build a defensive juggernaut, build a team with athletic guys everywhere that could switch all screens, and they did that through the non-conference. The fact that it hasn't worked and it's failed pretty spectacularly in conference play, is there an even bigger issue beyond just this season that Kevin Kruger's got to completely change how he builds a roster at UNLV next time? Oh, that's interesting that you, you look at it that way. Um, the way I look at it is it worked against non-conference opponents who were not as high quality. So I think you show that the scheme can work, but when you get into conference play, I think you just need better players to, to execute it. I think if you have better players than your opponents, that scheme will work just as it did in the non-conference play. So I think it's a recruiting thing going forward. Like this was a good start for Kruger. 
like they put a competitive team on the floor for, you know, they were good in non-conference. I think they'll be better. I think they're better than their record in Mountain West play for whatever that's worth. Um, I, I don't have a problem with the scheme in general. Yeah, there are certain teams when it's, it's going to backfire, and there are certain teams that are more, um, you know, uh, poised to uh, play against it. But that goes for any scheme. No matter what scheme you put in, there are going to be certain matchups that are better for you and certain matchups that are going to be able to take advantage of it. So that I don't put much too much in. I think the scheme can work given better players. You saw the step up in quality once they get to conference play. They need to make that same step up in terms of roster talent, and I think they'll, they'll be okay. So it's going to be a big offseason for Kruger. We know he's going to go in that transfer portal. What is he going to be able to bring in? Is he going to be able to bring in guys who can play that defense and hit 40% of their threes you know, instead of what you know, or, uh, whatever Harkless and Parquet are shooting? Can they play that kind of defense but also shoot the ball? Like that's the next step for the program, I think. Uh, does he rethink how he does non-conference schedules? That's a good question. Um, I don't think. I think you're going to this year. What you saw with the, the sort of cupcake scheduling is probably what you're going to see going forward. But maybe with another game or two, you know, more ambitious scheduling. I don't think you're going to see a Dave Rice type of schedule where they've got a handful of top 20 opponents on the schedule. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be like it was this year. But maybe with a, a UCLA thrown in or an Arizona State or you know some West Coast team that um, can help their, their, their net rating. I don't expect a national schedule if that's, if that's what you're, you're getting yeah. towards. I, think, I don't think they're ready for it yet. What would you eat in Fresno? Uh, in Fresno, I sent you the, the picture. I went back to that Quiznos for a long yes. time, uh, press box listeners. The Quiznos were um, last year around this time I went for the first time, and I got yelled at in line. That's right. I forgot about that. By the guy, by the guy standing behind me. He yelled at me because I wasn't going. Uh, I was having trouble with the with the, the sandwich artist, and he, he yelled at me. But it was much more casual, much more relaxed atmosphere this time. I was the only one in there. I took my time. I went through the menu with her, and everything was good. So you went through the menu again, again. You had to go through the menu yeah. because it was the same problem that I think I had last time, which was I went in wanting a meatball sub, not realizing that it. that has been discontinued. They don't have it anymore. So that so was the same thing you, that sort of gave me get? an issue last time. Yeah, would you um, land on this time? It clicked on me faster. I was like, all oh, right, they don't have that. My backup is the turkey and bacon with nothing else on it. And that took some convincing, they, you know, because they have two stops at the, on the assembly line. So I had to repeat to both of them, no dressing, none of this, none of this, none of that, just turkey and bacon. And eventually we got it, and it was fine. And I didn't get yelled at. Everyone treated me with, uh, with care. So we're all good with that, that Fresno uh, Quiznos now. So uh, you go turkey, bacon, ranch, no ranch. Yeah, if, I don't know if that's a specific sandwich, but yeah, that's what it would be. It would be turkey and bacon <laughs> on bread with no ranch, no dressing, no vegetables, no lettuce, and a no bag cheese. of chips on the side. Yeah, nightmare scenario. I am. Uh, I wish we had a Quiznos in Vegas because I love that place, and it's not because of Mike's turkey, bacon, and nothing else sandwich. Uh, but if we get one, Mike, we'll go and we'll get uh, you yelled at again. Customers are a little on edge. I don't know what it is about Quiznos, but it was okay this time. But I would be—I'm still a little bit tre- uh, trepidatious about going in there. 
Well, he is Mike Gravala from the Las Vegas Sun the and best. our Quiznos sub expert. Mike, thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. Ah, don't oh, go to Quiznos. You'll get yelled at for trying oh, to order man. something that's not on the menu. All right. We've got tickets to give away to go see Luke Bryan on February 10th. He's playing at Resorts Worlds, and we got a pair of tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. If you want to go see Luke Bryan, be caller number 10 right now, and you'll want a pair of tickets to see Luke Bryan on February 10th. That's caller 10 at 702-364-1100. Yeah, I curse. And y'all done heard curse words before. And they got parents in here. And no, I don't want to leave. And like I told you, I want all these recruits. But they got some corrupt people in this world, some evil people that don't care about kids like I do. So I want y'all to hear the truth from me. You're locked in the press box. Who was that? Ed Reed. Ed Reed. They didn't ratify his contract. Oh, that's right. He's not going to Bethune Cookman. Yeah. What the hell happened there? There's some evil, corrupt people in this world that don't care about kids like he does. I I guess I, as somebody who has not read anything except a couple headlines, why would Bethune Cookman be motivated to not bring Ed Reed, Ed Reed in as head coach? Especially since he already started recruiting, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're Bethune Cookman, you would want Ed Reed there. Yeah. So why would they not? And why is Ed Reed? I don't, I don't, again, I've read nothing. I'm completely. I only saw the rant. I don't know why they didn't ratify. Was it Jared played it? Do you think it was because of the rant? Like, why Why did they back out on Ed Reed? No, that, the rant was in response to them backing out on him and him being like, I, I, I want to tell the kids myself because I've been recruiting them. So. <laughs> I don't know why they backed out. I, I mean, it, Bethune Cookman's never had more headlines than they, when they hired Ed Reed. I mean, what, what else are you going to get headlines about? Yeah, I, it just seems very strange because they they basically signed him to a contract. It just didn't of, officially get approved or whatever. Was it the Board of Regents again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Bethune Cookman Board <laughs> of Regents. Bethune Cookman Board of Regents? That <laughs> <laughs> would, would stink. So, according to the story on ESPN, the decision to not ratify Reed's contract comes after Reed caused a stir when he went on social media and complained that his office had not been cleaned before he arrived. That's it? That was it, I guess. Wow. So, Ed, Ed Reed showed up to his office. It was dirty. It's dirty. Complains about it, and Bethune-Cookman says, it's not getting any better than that around here, so see you later. Complains Ed. about it on Twitter. Yeah, see you later, Ed Reed. Which, I mean, you know, maybe don't complain about it on Twitter if you're Ed Reed, but if you're Bethune Cookman, just say, "Hey, man, stop tweeting." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, let's let's put the let's not tweet about the dirty office. How are you uh, how are you going to do a good job here? We'll clean the office for you. We'll get that handled. But really, is that it? He didn't lie. He lost a job because he said the office was dirty. Maybe they just don't like him tweeting that stuff. Makes him look bad. Okay, but they're, but they're the they're their football team makes them look bad. It's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we complain about our studio all the time. We might need to be careful. I know. It's nah. beautiful in here today. It's a balmy <laughs> 97. No one's listening. <laughs> that panel still falling off the wall? Let's see. Is the panel off the wall? It's yes. the, No, it's on we the wall, it but it's we, we got it back in there. Okay, good, good. You have good. to be I mean, careful turning the lights on because if you touch that panel, that, that baby's coming down. I mean, listen, the good news is we're getting our studio redone. We're going to have a brand new studio in uh, this year, right? This next few months? I would not 
advertise that or like I let's 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 take it one day at a time. The <laughs> the the next studio is the most important studio. There you go, Lindy LaRock Justice out here for us, Lindy La Justice. Uh, yeah, let's get a get a new studio. It's gonna be great. Don't, this, don't fire us like. Is that how hyphens work? Read. If you have like a day in your name, you take the. <laughs> Oh, all right. So Ed Reed not going to be the head coach, but had Ed Reed coached before? I don't think I don't. so. Uh, yeah, he had been an assistant. He was an oh. assistant. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, he was I think assistant. he was an assistant with the Texans. Yeah, he was point. an assistant in the NFL. He was an assistant in the NFL, maybe in college as well. But he had he had coached some. He had coached some for sure. You know, by the way, the Colts are going to hire Jeff Saturday, aren't they? Oh my God, it's going to be amazing. He's got a signature win. How many coaches can you say that yeah. about? By the way, uh, by the way, I, I love the silence. It either means that Tyler disconnected early, or he just right. didn't. He's like, D- "Don't say that." By the way, Stark is Stark is finally checking in about the Niners. About some, oh yeah, Jr. Stark. Some stupid headline that said after the game, Dak threw his helmet and disgusted when it was intercepted. Okay, Starkus. I'd hope okay. so. Okay, Starkus. I hope he would. He should throw it. What did Stephon Diggs do, by the way? He got to the locker room and had his stuff, and he was out the locker room before the rest of the team got there, which I've got to be honest, I thought he was fast, but I didn't think he was that fast. Um, and then a a practice squad running back, who I'm not sure who that guy is, ran after him, convinced him to come back to the locker room, and yet Stefan Diggs was still the first one out of the locker room. So he didn't stay around very long. Did you see him yelling at Josh Allen on the sideline? Yeah, Josh Allen deserved yeah. it. They scored yeah. 10 points. That I mean, was 100% Josh Allen. The problem, but, the problem is more people weren't yelling at Josh Allen on the sideline. I'm starting to get the feeling that Josh Allen is getting the um, the Russell Wilson treatment back in Seattle where everyone else is just like, okay, he screwed up. Someone go yell at him. Nope. Stephon Diggs is the troublemaker today. Do you think Stephon Diggs just wanted to get home to watch the Cowboys and Niners? No. Uh, watch his brother. Did you watch his brother play? Oh, yeah, his brother. Yeah, oh, of course. He just wanted to get home and watch no. his brother oh, play. Sure. I love that we all assumed you knew that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I did, but that wasn't. No, I just, yeah, of course. He was like, oh, maybe my brother can win a game. He didn't win a game either. So not good for the Diggs family. No. Man, we could have had a Diggs versus Diggs Super Bowl, but instead we're going to get a Kelsey versus Kelsey Super Bowl. We are not getting a Kelsey Kelsey Super Bowl. We're getting a Kelsey Burrow. Now, no. Chiefs are going to win. No problem. We're going to get Kelsey Purdy. What do you call it? Uh, Danny was saying uh, around town now, The uh, where where have the Bengals moved into as a favorite? Uh, Stations, casinos. Stations has them, got as a, a favorite. minus one. These people are stupid. Who's what are you talking about? Bengals, it's my Bengals. <laughs> it's my Bengals. It's, it's my Bengals. Is that your pick? You guys are all falling for this. I've got track. to. I picked them last week. I've got to stay with them, right, Tyler? i got to stay with them. Ed, you changed it every week last year. This you is can a do new year. You want this is a new season. You can do whatever you want, Ed. <laughs> yeah, you could change tomorrow if you want. I cannot believe this uh, many people are betting actual money against Patrick Mahomes. Even with the you bad guys, are anchor. all idiots. All of you, dumb. <laughs>